<laughs> well, good morning, Victory Church. Can we give it up one more time for these precious families? Oh, man. What an awesome Sunday to be a part of this amazing church family. I am so thrilled and so honored. Thank you, honey. I see you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We haven't we had we having a moment. Um, anywho, I, I understand that I am filling some big shoes up here, and I do not take that lightly. So thank you guys for giving me the privilege. Thank you, sweetheart, for giving me the privilege to be up here. And you know, you got to listen to me. So you're stuck with me for just a few minutes, okay? <laughs> Appreciate you, Scout. Appreciate that. Um, so I want to take a moment to honor um, somebody who is actually with us today, and it is my mother-in-law, who I like to endearingly say my mother-in-love, and she has always treated me like her own from day one. Stop it, because I'm going to cry. <laughs> from day one, she's been like my biggest fan, my biggest cheerleader. I don't have to do anything to earn her love. She just loves me, and that is what makes a great mother-in-law. And so, church, will you help me honor my mother-in-law, Vicki? <laughs> We got you some flowers and some cards. <laughs> Bring on the tears, I know. And I also want to take a moment to honor my mom, who's not able to be here today. But hello. I mean, I wouldn't be here without her. And she is my best friend. That's what's so cool about um, the mother-daughter relationship is that once you hit a certain age, it, you're, you're, you're very blessed if you can call your mom your best friend. And I am blessed to call my mom my best friend. So, Mama, I love you, and happy Mother's Day. You're the best. All right, enough of that mushy, <laughs> emotional stuff. Um, really quickly, I do want to let you guys know that we are so excited to be starting a midweek book study starting on May 18th. We're going to be studying the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Pastor Troy and I will be leading that together. It's going to be every other Wednesday. only costs you $10, and that covers the book. We are so excited to dive into this. If you've never read the book, never heard of it, it is awesome, and you will glean so much from it no matter where you are and wherever you are in your faith walk. And so just, um, we just encourage you guys to come and join us for that. You can actually scan the QR code out in the lobby under small groups, and you can, it'll lead you right to the registration page from there. I always want to take a, mo a moment to honor every single woman in the room on Mother's Day because while this is such a special day and we celebrate moms and it's awesome, I understand that this, is, this can be a hard day for some as well. And so I just want to take a minute to honor every single woman in the room, mothers who have lost children, those who have lost mothers, those who have strained mother relationships, mothers with strained child relationships, those who've chosen not to be mothers, and those still yearning to be mothers. I see you, and I honor you. And more importantly, God sees you and is near to you today, right now, in this moment. We have a bouquet of pink roses out in the lobby for those of you who have lost a mother or lost a child. And so we want you to take a rose um, just to have with you throughout the day to honor them and know that our hearts are with you and we stand with you, even though this, is, this may be a hard day for you. We're with you. Will you all pray with me? Father, I love you so much, and I am so thankful that you have given me the opportunity. I count it a privilege and an honor God, to speak your word. And I pray that I will only speak the things that you want me to speak and the way that you want me to speak them, Lord. Thank you so much for the privilege of being one of your children. Go before me, God. I stand behind the cross and pray that you will speak through me, God, as an empty vessel. 
We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, throughout the years, there have been many, many words to describe motherhood. Okay, joyous, blissful, amazing, rewarding, miraculous, and the list goes on and on. Those are the nice ones. <laughs> There's also other words, relentless, overwhelming, stressful, exhausting, all-consuming, and all the mama said, amen. <laughs> it's safe to say that all those words describe motherhood in one season or another, but there's the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. But there's another class of motherhood descriptors, these made-up slang words that come together to create an entirely new mommy-centric vocabulary. There are words that are, when they're, when they're said, anyone who's a mother will instantly understand what's being said. Let's take a look at some of these words. Nonversation. Conversations you have with your toddler. <laughs> okay, this can sound something like when Veda was younger and she was just learning to talk and babble and she, she knew a few words, right? It sounded like, and you're like, wow, yay, or mom, so sorry, you don't know what to say, but they're having a full-blown conversation with you, non-versation. What about this one, destinesia, when you get to where you're intending to go, but forget the whole reason why you went there. For me, sometimes that's from room to room. I can walk 10 feet and forget completely where I am and why I was there, right? Internest. This is the cocoon of blankets and pillows you gather around yourself while spending long periods of time on the internet. When does that happen, right? <laughs> Sounds like heaven. Floor drobe. Piling clothes on the floor in place of the closet or the dresser. See also chair drobe. It's not that we don't know where they belong, okay, guys? It's just that we don't have the mental capacity to get from the floor to the closet, okay? Forgive us. Universe, where every teenager lives. Because the world revolves around them, right? Let's be honest. And last but not least, my favorite, peezing. Peeing plus sneezing. Come on, mamas, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you guys, I usually try and preach a message on Mother's Day that um, while it's Mother's Day, I try to come up with a message that is for everyone. But as I was praying and as I was studying for this Sunday, I just felt the Lord's peace and said, you need to preach to those mamas because they need a word. And so while I am going to be speaking specifically to mothers, these are biblical truths that you'll hear that are applicable to anyone and everyone, no matter what stage or phase or gender you are. Amen? So we're going to be talking about today having joy in the journey. When I was a new mom, I would take Veda to a mom's group at church back in Memphis, and I was struggling with walking out my faith as a mom. You know, it was hard to find time for my quiet time, find time to pray and to worship on my own. And I was just felt like I was drowning. And so I was like, God, I need something. And so I went to this mom's group at a church. And you guys, I tell you what, it really changed the game for me because I met a woman there who had become a mentor in my life. And she helped me to see when I read the word of God, she helped me to see it through my mom's sense you know, and it started making sense to me as a mom. I was like, whoa, you mean scriptures for me as a mother? This is awesome. And so I was able, and she taught me to how to start applying that, applying God's word to my season of life as a mom. And so I'm praying that over you, that as we speak about and we use God's words today to unpack some things that your mom's sense will kick in and that you can start receiving what God has for you as a mom. 
Philippians 1, 6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ, when Christ Jesus returns. Philippians is known as Paul's joy letter, and ironically, he wrote it from prison. So I thought, well, this is perfect for Mother's Day. Because <laughs> sometimes, guys, sometimes we feel a little trapped, <laughs> right? We can feel a little chained to our motherhood duties. As much as we love our children, it can be difficult to find joy in some seasons. But we're going to find out how we can have joy, unspeakable joy, in the journey. Joy is a birthright to those of us who belong to Jesus. There's only two things that are requirements for salvation. Repentance and faith. Unspeakable joy is absolutely available to us, but it is not automatic. Whatever, wherever you are on your motherhood journey today, let this promise give you peace and hope that God has not forgotten you. He sees you. He's near to you. And he will finish what he started. And you can have joy in every part of the journey. Nothing will push you closer to Jesus like the journey of motherhood. From the moment you become a parent till the day you send your children out of your house and even beyond, your heart walks outside of your body. That's the clearest picture I can have. We can never turn it off. You're always worried. You're always thinking about them constantly. There's also nothing like mothering um, that will shine the brightest spotlight on your own mess and your own issues, right? From the time they start walking and talking, they're just little mirrors of you, repeating what you say and mimicking everything you do. And you're like, oh, do I say that? Wow, didn't really uh, recognize that. And then you have to start changing what you're saying. It'll make you second guess what you're doing if you're doing it the right way. Um, you know, in the toddler stage, I'm wondering, like, is my kid the only kid that likes to walk around naked? Just strips down, no matter where we are, it can be in public. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, what am I doing wrong? Um, and then when they get older, your, your kids have you second-guessing your eyesight and your hearing. Let me explain. I can catch my kids red-handed doing something that they know they shouldn't be doing. And I try to, you know, I catch them in the moment. like, hey, I saw that. Stop. I'm telling you. There's something that happens. They have the ability to talk you down and make you doubt that you saw what you just saw. And they're like, no, I didn't. That, that wasn't. I, I didn't. That, that, they come up with a whole story. And I'm like going like, Am I, do I need glasses? Maybe I didn't see it. They're, they're very convincing. Beta was in here during the first service and she was like, yeah. <laughs> she just owned it. And I was like, yeah, that is you. She has that strong personality. She doesn't like to be wrong. That is not fun, let me tell you. It's not fun to deal with now for those of you mamas and daddies who have those um, kids with strong personalities. But let me give you some encouragement. If you can stay close to God and you can teach your children how to stay close to God and how to bring that strong personality into the submission of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that they will not be able to do. And the impact that they will have on this generation will be great. So we want them to have a strong voice just not right now, okay? <laughs> but your kids will have you second-guessing yourself constantly. But you guys, there's one thing that we cannot second-guess. There's one thing that we have to be clear on, and that is why we are doing what we're doing. How do we have joy in this journey of motherhood? Know your why. Why are we choosing to raise kids who believe in God? Why do we go to church? Why do we teach about grace and faith? Why are, we, why are Christian values so important? 
If you don't know why you're doing it, your kids, your kids definitely don't know why you're doing it. And if they're not clear on why, there's very little chance that they'll continue to grow in their faith as they get older. Kids want to know why, right? Why this? Why that? And it's like, <laughs> just do it. What, what's the typical parent response when, we, when they say why? Because I said so. That's right. Because I say so. Don't question me. But really, when you get to the heart of it, it's not because I said so. It's because I'm teaching you how to obey the Lord. Because when the Lord tells you to do something, he's not going to give you the explanation you think you deserve, right? His voice is going to be in a still, small whisper, and he's going to be, you obey first, and then I might tell you why you did what you just did, right? So we're teaching them to hear the voice of God. That's why we do what we do. That's why we set boundaries. That's why we teach biblical values, to show them who God is and how much he loves them. Because our Heavenly Father does the same with us. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 says, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you, for the Lord disciplines those he loves. I use that line on my kids all the time. You can have it. <laughs> we love because he first loved us. Our kids are built-in disciples, right? Whether we like it or not, they're our disciples, and we're raising world changers. That's our why. Beta and their friends have this little saying they like to say to each other, like, oh, she built different. And I was like, what does that mean? That sounds so sassy. She's like, it just means like they're a little weird or they're, you know, whatever. Um, it's just something that they say to their friends, like, oh, she built different, you know, like whatever. And I'm, so we, were, we joke around that, about that all the time, but I'm telling you something. I want them to be built different. I want them to be set apart. I want them, I want their friends to go like, she built different, you know? We started this a few years ago. We um, do affirmations in the car. And the girls have their affirmations that they say. And then I um, have ones that I speak over them. You guys, I'm telling you, don't neglect the time you have in the car. They're strapped in. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> They're stuck with you for however long you've got them. So turn off the phones and tablets. Take out the, um, the, the headphones and, and use that time. Use that time just to really pour into them. But this is what, this is what our, affirm our, our affirmations sound like. And I adapted these from Priscilla Shire a few years ago. I speak this over them every morning when I take them to school. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You will put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. You are the head. You are not the tail. You are above. You are not beneath. You are a leader. You're not a follower. You have the mind of Christ because the Spirit of God lives within you. You are not made to fit in with the crowd. Never have been. Never will be. You are different and set apart. You will bless the Lord, and at all times his praises will be in your mouth. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Amen? Now listen, I don't share that to impress you, but to impress upon you. We're raising the next generation in real time. Right now, today. When your kids leave to go home with you, you're raising the next generation. When you're in the car, when you're at home, when you're doing homework, when you're making dinner, all the things, you're raising the next generation. And this world needs more people who know why they believe what they believe. Our kids are being bombarded every single day with different belief systems. Veda has friends at school who don't know what gender they want to be. She has friends at school whose parents are separating and fighting all the time. She has classmates who self-harm because they're so depressed and riddled with anxiety. Am I supposed to send her to school expecting her to know what to do with that? No. That's my job. That's his job. It's our job to prepare our kids and teach them why we believe what we believe. 
If not, we're sending them into battle with their arms tied behind their back. How do we expect them to fight like that? We have to equip them with the weapons of the word of God. They're not getting that at school. We have to be the ones to pour that into them. That's our why. And if we're clear on the why, the how, is much easier. How do we have joy in the journey? First of all, we have to embrace our weaknesses. In my learning um, how to be a parent, I'm learning more about what needs to be fixed in me, in my heart, not my kids. When it comes to mothering, sometimes I wonder if my love is enough, if I'm enough. After I lose it for the 14th time of the day, I'm thinking like, that's probably the thing that's going to send them to therapy. That right there, what just happened? Yeah, that, yeah. Just send me the bill. I, I blow it more times than I'd like to admit. I fall short. But what the Lord so gently reminds me of is that's how it's supposed to be. Because my, inadequ my inadequacy reveals my desperation for him. I am weak. I just don't like to admit it. I'm very competitive, and so I don't like to do things that I'm not going to excel at. I like to uh, do things that I know I'm going to win at, you know? And you know when your kids are little and you're playing board games and whatnot or playing anything, you let them win because it's cute and you want them to build that confidence. But as they get older <laughs> and they get a little cocky and they start trash talking, you're like, <laughs> okay, I've been holding back all these years, but mama's about to show you up and tell you what's up. So... Dad is the wrestler in the family, so he likes to get the girls down and wrestle. I'm, that's not me. You know, nails and hair. We can't be doing all that, mamas. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch and be like, oh, my God, you're so cute. Um, but that's their thing. That's their wrestling thing. And so, of course, being the good dad that he is, he lets them, you know, pin him down and make them feel strong. And they're talking all the smack, you know. They're like, ha-ha, dad, you can't get up. And then it gets to a point where he's like, all right. Daddy's about to show you what's up. And he'll take them both and just, woo, and raise them up and pin them down. They're like, Mom, help me, help. I'm like, no, you got yourself into that, your own mess. Get yourself out of it. <laughs> but right, we, we like to be competitive with our kids and show them who's boss. But it's so important for us to also show them our weaknesses. If they only see us at our best, if they only ever see us be perfect, they'll always strive for those same unrealistic and unattainable goals and be left with the same thought. Am I enough? Is it ever good enough? We're passing that down. This is such a hard concept to grasp, especially as moms, because we fancy ourselves Wonder Woman and we're used to being the strong one in the family. But if I want to teach my kids about God's love and God's mercy and forgiveness, I have to learn to receive it myself. How can we expect our kids to receive the grace and mercy of God if they never see us needing it? Let them see you fail. Let them see you cry. Let them see you be scared. Paul talked about having a thorn in his side. Theologians say that it was probably a person in his life. And he's crying out to God in 2 Corinthians. Three different times I begged the Lord, take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, Paul is saying, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work within me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we embrace our weaknesses and show that to our kids, 
it enables us to have more grace for them. It'll also change the way you discipline your kids. Most of us parent out of the way we were parented, right? And some of us are learning that the way we were parented is not working on our kids, <laughs> okay? Can I get a witness? When Beta was about five, I suddenly realized, oh, okay, You're, you have a much stronger personality than I did when I was younger. I, man, my mom could look at me, first and middle name. That's all it took. That's all it took, Darla Ray. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's all it took for me. Not my kids. No. I would, I would be here with Veda. She would take it here. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll take it here because I'm mom. And she would take it here. And I was like, well, I'll be darned if I'm not going to have the last word. So I took it here. And what do you think she did? <laughs> and they were both crying on the floor like, help us, Lord. That's where we were. And so from, from that point, I have been on my knees asking God, how do I do this? How do I parent this girl? And now we have two with strong personalities. I got a redhead. Pray for me. <laughs> but sometimes, maybe we need a reintroduction to who God is because we're relearning how to parent because we're used to parenting out of our experience. So some of us need to get to know God as Father. And for some of us, that's natural. That comes naturally. We can view God as our Heavenly Father, and that's great, and, and you feel that intimacy and that love and that father-child relationship. But some of you have past experiences and life experiences that have tainted the way maybe you feel about a father. And so you need, maybe your journey starts there with a reintroduction. What are his characteristics as father? What are his thoughts towards you as his child? 1 John 3, 1 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is who we are. That is what we are. When we discover God as Father, we start to understand how he loves his children, and then we can love our children like him. Biblical discipline is always geared toward redemption. At the heart of every transgression is a damaged relationship. The discipline needs to restore the relationship. The most grand way that this was illustrated was by Jesus on the cross. There was a broken relationship between us and God. Someone had to take on that punishment for sin. So God the Father sent his son Jesus to stand in the gap and pay that sin debt for us so that there could be restoration in a relationship with us and the Father. So as we parent our children, we can do so out of that grace and love that was shown to us now and, and every single day. Discipline should always be done with restoration in mind. Now listen, I understand that it's easier said than done when your child has sassed you for the 14th time that day and you're like, I'm just gonna lay hands on you suddenly and pray that you get it. I know that's easier said than done, but if we can think about that, it's gonna transform the way that we parent our children. First John 4, 16 says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. This is my favorite part. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. I love that there's room for growth, always. The great thing about embracing our weakness is that God fills in the gaps. Where our love lacks, he fills, that, he fills in that gap. Where our parenting lacks, where our best efforts lack, God puts his super with our natural and something beautiful happens. It's in this weakness that he is made strong 
in us. We're not meant to strive for perfection. Remember that Adam and Eve had the perfect parent and they still got it wrong. So we can give ourselves some grace, right? Relax. (laughs) Some of the best advice I got as a young mom was, when you focus on being a godly woman, you'll automatically be a godly mother. So have tons of grace for yourself, mama. You are handpicked by God to do exactly what you're doing. Give yourself tons of grace. When you focus on Jesus and keeping him the main thing, all the other stuff happens naturally because you're just in love with him and he's in love with you. The last thing I want to talk about as moms and embracing and, and finding joy in the journey is not to do it alone. Don't do it alone. The enemy would love to isolate you, right? Parenting, mothering can be a lonely job. I remember Troy and I having a moment whenever I was home with, with two young kids, and I actually babysat for a little bit too, so I had more kids at home. And, you know, there was some misunderstanding about what all I was doing at home. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you're <laughs> kicked back with your feet up. You're constantly doing something. But what's funny is that he'd be like, what'd you do today? And I'd be like, I did everything, and I don't, can't really tell you anything that I did because it was so much. And so we had to have that talk, you know, of like, yeah, I'm doing all the things. But it felt very lonely at times. He, the enemy wants you to feel like your kids are the worst, that they're the, the, the most misbehaved, you know, they, they misbehave worse than any other kid. He wants you to feel like in, judged and embarrassed when you're in public so you just don't go out. When did Satan tempt Eve when she was alone? When did Satan tempt Jesus in the wilderness when he was alone? How many of you moms have had a conversation with another mom only to discover that she's going through the exact same thing that you're going through? And you're like, you too? I'm not crazy? It's so freeing, right? But sometimes we just scare ourselves and and, and pride ourselves in doing it all on our own that we forget that there's other mamas in the fight with you. So don't do it alone. Paul says, in Philippians 1, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. When we are in this struggle together, you have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. When I read this, I thought, this is, this is a great text message to send to a friend. Like, mom, sister, you know, we are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past. You have been to my house. You have seen the way my kids act. And you know that I'm still in the midst of it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. I'm not going to have women flocking to me like, are you okay? What do you need? We're in this. We're in this together. Some of you feel like you're just drowning from the pressure of motherhood. I know. I've been there. And you're trying to carry everything else. I have this illustration I'm going to show you. How many of you guys have seen Encanto, the movie? You remember the sister, Lisa? She's the strong one in the family. And she's always doing everything for everybody else. If they need something done, everybody's like, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. And she's carrying the weight of everybody, the whole family. How many of us can relate to that as moms? We do. And we do it proudly. You know, I'm not one to complain. Yeah. He's going to add some pressure for me. We keep adding things on. And that's just normal life. You know, we we do the things, we cook the meals, we make the lunches, we do the laundry, 
we take the phone calls, we're there for everybody and all the things, and it gets heavier and heavier, but that's okay, I got this. That's, God created me to be a mom. God created me to do, do all the things and be all the things and keep going and with a smile on my face, and even though it feels, I can feel the pressure, sometimes it gets to be too heavy, and then sometimes I start doubting myself, and I wonder, am I enough? Can I do this? Can I carry on? And then when I make room for doubt, guess what? I make room for the enemy's lies to come in. And he starts speaking things to me that I shouldn't believe. You should just give up. It's too hard. Somebody else is going to be way better at this than you. No, I can do it. I can do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to smile more. I'm going to serve more. I'm going to expect my kids to behave better because you're a reflection of me. So I got this. I don't need any help. I'm strong enough. I can keep going. I can do it all by myself. And it just becomes to be too much. The pressure gets to be too great when you're carrying it all by yourself. And God's word says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Mama, I'm gonna teach you three words that are gonna set you free. And it's, I need help. I need help. I need help. It's too hard. I can't do it anymore. The pressure's too great. I'm gonna drop something. Something's gonna fail if I don't stop. See what happens when you ask for help? See what happens when you ask for help. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I can rest. Nothing's being dropped. My kids are still alive. Everything's going to still be done. Mama, you don't have to do it by yourself. Know your why. Embrace your weaknesses. And you can find joy in the journey when you don't try to do it alone. You have sisters. You have community, if nowhere else, right here in this building to help you. So stop trying to do it alone. Stop trying to be perfect because none of us are, and God never expects that from us. And we can't expect that from our kids. They need to see we're weak, and they need to see that we need each other. Amen? Thank you, ladies, so much. I'm going to have my friends come down front. I would love to invite any mama any woman who's feeling that pressure, who's feeling like, I think I might break if I have to go one more day. Please stop trying to do it alone. We need each other. Embrace your weaknesses. Embrace your sister's hand. They're here for you. So I'm going to pray, and at the end of my prayer, please feel so encouraged to come and pray. Will you stand with me? Father, thank you so much for this morning. God, thank you so much that you love us so much, God. You love us right where we are, right in our weaknesses. And God, I pray for every single mother, every single woman feeling that pressure, trying to do it all on her own, God, because that is never a pressure that you meant for us to carry. That's why you tell us in your word, trade me. Trade me your heavy yoke. Trade me your burden because my burden is light. And you were never meant to carry that burden on your own. 
So God, I pray that whoever needs to hear it, they will hear. You don't need to do it alone. And it's okay to be weak because in your weakness, I am strong in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you have called us to this hard thing of mothering. But I thank you, God, that you do not call us where you, where you do not equip us. And that is what we are doing today, God. We're being filled up. We're being equipped to do this hard thing of mothering. And we receive it right now, God. I pray for supernatural peace and rest over every single mama in this room. We're hearing my voice right now. If the pressure is too much, let it go. Ask for help. Your father is waiting with open arms, and so are your sisters. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.